Tonight, McFarlane Toys makes DC toys. What is Spider-Ham eating? And the ward season finishes with the good and the bad. On this edition of Multiverse Tonight. There are many universes out there. Welcome to the one with news about all the others. This is Multiverse Tonight. Now, here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Thomas Townley, and uh, we're only one month away from Planet Comic Con, and you know I'm getting all set. I've got my press. Pa- I've got my press pass settled. I've got my hotel room booked, and I've got a brand new phone ordered and a list of people that I want to interview. So uh, be sure uh, next uh, next month about this time to look out for uh, some special reports. I hope I'm doing a little with uh, Sci-Fi for Me, who's also going to be there. Uh, so uh, be sure to check it out. And uh, if you're watching the Orville on Thursdays, man, the show, the, show, the show knocked it out of the park this past week. I've been live-tweeting the show over on Twitter. Uh, just watch for my feed starting at 8 p.m. Central Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC for those of you who are uh, overseas. And I know you might be tired of uh, hearing me say it, but you can donate at at coffee.com, like Anne, or on Patreon as well. Just go to MTP, or excuse me, go to mtpodcast.com for links. You can also tip at the from the Radio Public or Buzzsprout players, and you can buy some swell merchandise as well as as well by going to our T Public store. Now, I'd also like to announce that uh, I'll be creating a brand new website. Uh, the uh, radio radio people over at Radio Public have a new thing called Pod Sites, and so I'll be giving them a uh, look. It, it it looks fantastic. It looks like nothing you get over on WordPress. You know, I want I want my website to stand out. But for now, uh, go over to, you know, go check out our, our current site over at multiversetonight.com to see our show notes, affiliate links, the occasional original column, and much, much more. Now, let's get on with the show. DC recently teased a series for Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, by writer Matt Friction and artist Steve, Steve Lieber. Also coming is a series for Lois Lane from writer Greg Rucka and art from Mike Perkins. These come on the heels of the announcement, announcement of, DC, of Deceased. That's D-C-E-A-S-E-A-S-E-D. Deceased. Yeah. yeah. The latest event series to hit the DC Universe... From writer Tom Taylor, with art by Trevor Hersine, James Harn, and Stefano Gaudiano. Here's the official synopsis. Quote, A mysterious technovirus has been released on Earth, infecting 600 million people and turning them in- instantly into violent, monstrous engines of destruction. 
The heroes of the DCU are caught completely unprepared for a pandemic of this magnitude and struggle to save their loved ones first. But what happens to the world's greatest heroes if the world ends? Unquote. So, zombies. No word on if this takes place within the main DC universe or if this is supposed to be an alternate universe. The first issue in the series is set for release on May 1st. Aquaman has now knocked off Transformers Dark of the Moon to become the 20th highest grossing movie of all time. The movie has ascended to $1.13 billion in worldwide box office. Aquaman is already the highest grossing DC Comics movie of all time, having taken the prize from The Dark Knight Rises. A sequel is already in development with James Wan, who is rumored to return. Now, you gotta love cookies. A Girl Scout has made Top Cookie CEO for her impressive cookie sales. How did she do it? She rebranded Samoas into Momoas after James Momoa. She even redid the boxes with James Momoa's photo from Aquaman. Apparently, there were such a hit with both boys and girls because, according to Charlotte, quote, Girls want, will want to buy some because he's on the front, and boys will want to because he's their favorite character, unquote. Now, this isn't just her idea, as her mother is a marketing professional. Still, it's very cool. Well, it's official. Ben Affleck has given up the cape and cowl and retired as Batman. Appearing on Jimmy Kimmel Live to promote his new Netflix movie, Triple Frontier, Affleck spoke about his decision to leave The Dark Knight behind, as director Matt Reeves puts together The Batman. Quote, Yeah, I am. I have decided. I tried to direct a version of it, worked with a really good screenwriter, but couldn't come up with a version, Affleck told Kimmel. He continued, couldn't crack it. So I thought it was time to let someone else take a shot at it, and they got some really good people, unquote. Kimmel then hung Affleck's cape and cowl from the rafters. So who will be the next to don the cape and cowl? No one knows yet. But Army Hammer's name has been bandied about, and he denies it. Robert Pattinson has also been brought up as a possible contender. Mm, he wouldn't be my choice. I don't know if he has the chops to play the Dark Knight detective, but I could be wrong. Mattel's loss is Todd McFarlane's gain. Todd's company, McFarlane Toys, is taking over the DC Comics toy license. Todd has announced that the line will include interpretations of characters from movies, TV, video games, and comics. Todd said in an interview, quote, Let's look at some of the categories we're going, in, we're, going to do, we're going to do. We're going to do movies. We're going to do TV. We're going to do comic book versions. We're going to do animated versions. We'll do the core toy line and then maybe even some video game stuff. So that gives us a wide range so that in any character... You can think of, whether it's Flash, I can do a version of each one of those. I can do TV, I can do movie, I can do comic book. I can do regular toy line Flash, animated Flash, video game Flash. So if you like Flash, you'll be able to do a wide range of it, unquote. And it looks like all these figures will be superposable with anywhere between 18 to 24 moving parts, according to Mr. McFarlane. He hopes to uh, launch that line in January of 2020. And uh, while we're on the subject of toys, Walmart stores have been trying to build up their collectibles aisle as of late, 
and it has been announced that DC Collectibles will be bringing its Batman black and white statue line to Walmart stores has 4-inch minifigs. These figures will be shrunk down versions of the 9-inch figures and feature designs from artists like Jim Lee, Bruce Timm, Amanda Connor, and many more. These figures will be presented in the blind bag packaging next to the DC Comic Giants and will have new figures every few months in waves of six. Wave 1 comes out this month and has all Batman figures from artists Amanda Connor, Darwin Cook, Jason Fabok, Patrick Gleason, Frank Quietly, and Dick Sprang. The next release will next release after that will be in April. They will retail for $5 each and will be available in over 3,000 Walmart locations. The upcoming Bird of, Birds of Prey movie has gotten a new cast member, Charlene Amoa. Amoa, who was Wendy on How I Met Your Mother, will play the role of Helena Bertinelli's mother, Maria Bertinelli. Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. The Huntress, is being played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn comes out on February 7th, 2020. And in other DC casting news, Batwoman has found her father. Actor Doug Ray Scott has been cast as Colonel Jacob Kane, the father of Kate Kane, a.k.a. Batwoman. Dad is a retired colonel with a grudge against Batman. He now commands Gotham's private security firm, The Crows, and has made it his mission to prove that Gotham doesn't need a Batman. Hmm, think he'll be happy when he finds out that his daughter is a vigilante herself? The comic origins of the character are quite a bit different, as he is seen as an ally of Batwoman and has served as her Oracle-type character. Doug Ray is best known for his work in Mission Impossible 2, Fear of the Walking Dead, and My Week with Marilyn. However, he was almost Wolverine in the X-Men movies. However, he had to pass it up because the schedule conflicted with Mission Impossible 2. Batwoman has yet to receive a pickup, but CW President Mark Pedowitz has expressed confidence that will ultimately get picked up. Now, let's go on to some Marvel news. Well, we knew it was only a matter of time. Netflix has announced that Jessica Jones and The Punisher have been cancelled. The third season of Jessica Jones has yet to air. Netflix issued a statement saying, quote, We are grateful to Marvel for five years of our fruitful par- partnership and thank the passionate fans who have followed these series from the beginning. Unquote. However, there may be life after Netflix. Marvel TV, he- TV head Jeff Loeb in a letter to Marvel fans said, quote, our network partner, partner may have decided they no longer want to continue telling the tales of these great characters, but you know Marvel better than that, he wrote, throwing some shade at Netflix for its decisions. As Matthew Murdoch's dad once said, the measure of a man is not how he gets knocked to the mat, it's how he gets backed up. To be continued. So perhaps one day we'll see these characters on the screen again. Who knows? Hulu? Disney Plus. Disney has plenty of uh, places to stream. So, on the subject of exits, Gwyneth Paltrow has officially exited the MCU. The actress, who has portrayed Pepper Potts since the birth of the MCU, told Variety in an interview, quote, I mean, 
I am a bit old to be in a suit and all that at this point. I feel very lucky that I did it because I actually got talked into it. I was a friend with Iron Man director John Favreau. I was such, it was such a wonderful experience making the first Iron Man and then to watch how important it became to fans. Unquote. Although she might come back for an occasional cameo if needed, well, I guess she has more time to spend on her crackpot health theories. Moving on, Captain Marvel is on is on the horizon, and the look at the new book Captain Marvel Star Force Mission Log has a character we haven't seen since the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Roman Day. The Nova Corps member, who is betrayed by John C. Riley, does 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 this mean that we might see the character in the movie? I guess we can only wait and see. So, after watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, have you asked yourself what hot dogs are made of in Spider-Ham's universe? Wonder no more. As producer Chris Miller answered the question on, twi- on Twitter with, quote, In Spider-Ham's universe, hot dogs are made of human meat. Feel better? Unquote. Well, here's hoping that's from free-range humans. Now... Let's go to Star Wars news. We start Star Wars news with news with a rumor about a possible new Star Wars series for Disney+. Star Wars Newsnet has heard from a little porg that the studio is developing an Obi-Wan series. No, if now if you'll remember that an Obi-Wan movie was on the docket before Solo, A Star Wars Story, can nix those plans. So I'm going to guess that if The Mandalorian does well, this could very well happen. HN Entertainment claims to have obtained a list of possible series that could be put into production for Disney+. These include a Princess Leia prequel, Captain Phasma, The Knights of Ren, Rose Tico, and Darth Bane. Now, keep in mind that this is just a list of possible subjects, Nothing is in any stage of production, and if any of those come anywhere near production, we'll let you know. So, moving on from what might be to what will be, the trailer for the still subtitle-less Episode 9 is on the horizon, and word is that it will be released in April alongside Avengers Endgame. This report comes from Star Wars Newsnet, which says... It has a very credible source. The debut could possibly be at the Star Wars Celebration Chicago, which happens mid-April. Porgs. They aren't just for dinner anymore. Sci-Fi.com reports that ILM Lab has created a virtual reality experience called Star Wars Project Porg. This mixed reality experience lets the user take care of a virtual porg Kind of like the old Tamagotchi. Kids, ask your parents what those are. Or just Google it. The Porgs can be played with, fed, and even mated with other Porgs to make a new one. You can even take them on the road by taking your headset and controls with you. ILM X Lab has released a video showcasing the game, and it's actually quite cute. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Now, grab your lightsaber and put it in your carry-on bag. Time to go to France. The Associated Press reports that France has made lightsaber dueling 
an officially recognized competitive sport. The sabers certified for you for use are LED have LED rings that light to light up and are made of a tough of a tough polycarbonate plastic. Some of the higher quality sabers will even rumble when turned on and are made to be as aerodynamic as possible. According to reports, lightsaber dueling was approved because of its intense physicality. The French Fencing Federation is equipping fencing clubs all over the country with sabers and instructors who are one with the force, and they are hoping that this will make fencing hip and will attract people of all ages and help combat sedentary habits. Now, if you've been asking yourself, what are the rules for a duel? Here you go. The duel begins with both contestants entering a marked circle and saluting. A strike to the head or body accrues five points, while limbs are worth three and hands one. The first combatant to 15 points wins or to the person who has the most points after three minutes. Since should both fighters reach 10 points before time runs out, the duel enters a sudden death mode, where the first person to strike their opponent's head or body wins. Strikes only count if the saber's point is pointed behind them before landing, making swings more theatrical and wide like actual lightsaber duels. So if the step and launch method of fencing never fancy you, then this new combat system might do the trick. So, anybody want to duel? Now, let's hear from Radio Public. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Multiverse Tonight. You know, one way you can support the show is to listen to it through the Radio Public app. Every episode of Multiverse Tonight that is heard through the Radio Public app, for iPhone or Android, means that you can get this podcast, and we get a couple of cents in our can. Find the Radio Public app in Google and iTunes app stores, and give it a try today. And we're back. Let's start with some Star Trek news. We start Star Trek news with the 50,000 credit question. Now that Patrick Stewart is reprising the role of of Jean-Luc Picard, would Shatner consider returning to the role of James T. Kirk? Speaking with ComicBook.com before a show at the Grand Old Opry, they ask him. His response, quote, That word, resurrect, that's a key word, he said. Resurrect, you'd have to resurrect me, Shatner, in order to do the daily, ha, I, I don't, I don't want Patrick, I don't, what Patrick is doing, doing that. Doing a series is debilitating for a young guy, for a 25-year-old which I was doing when I was 25 years old. It's a physical wrecker. It's a mental wrecker. And it's a home wrecker. Because you're working 14, 18 hours a day. And in the last series I did, Boston Legal, I had in rush hour a two-hour commute. So add that. Unquote. In other words, no. Besides, he probably makes more selling autographs for 80 bucks a piece at cons. Please. He doesn't have... Plus, he doesn't have to get off his seat. Trust me. I have a picture of him. He doesn't get off his seat. However, if you want someone who would return to Star Trek and has an EGOT, that's an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony Award, Whoopi Goldberg is ready to answer the call. On David Tennant's podcast, 
Tennant brought up the notion of returning for the Picard series. And although she hasn't been asked, she would be open to it. So, balls in your court, Sir Patrick. Former cast members are standing by. In fourth quarter earnings call to investors, CBS interim CEO Joe, L- L- Joe Ianello revealed that CBS All Access roughly four, has roughly 4 million subscribers. They had originally hoped to reach that goal by 2020. CBS now has set a new target of 25 million subscribers for its All Access and Showtime subscription services by 2022. He did note the contribution of Discovery and the anticipation for the Picard series. However, I'd like to note that there has still been no talk of the still possible merger between CBS and Viacom that, uh, what, that has been discussed. So don't expect anything on that front in the near future. However, if we do hear something, we'll let you know. Variety reports that CBS and Nickelodeon are in negotiations for a new Star Trek animated series for kids. The show would be from the writers of Hotel Transylvania and Ninjago Masters of Spinjitzu, Kevin and Dan Hageman. Now, if it comes to be, this would be the first Trek show to air outside of CBS All Access. This show would be separate from Star Trek Lower Decks, which is the adult-oriented animated series that was previously announced. Hmm, now what would make a good subject? How about the adventures of Harry Mudd and Cyrano Jones? You call it Jones and Mud. Anyway, uh, LeVar Burton is set to be honored by the city of Sacramento, California. According to the Sacramento Bee, the city's Parks, uh, Parks Commission has recommended that Richfield Park in Meadowview be renamed LeVar Burton Park. Sacramento was LeVar's childhood home after his family moved there when he was three years old. Brianna Moland, assistant planner for the city, said, quote, He's always been proud of his Sacramento roots and continues to use his career and his influence to be a strong advocate for the literacy for children. Unquote. Now, LeVar tweeted in response to the news with, quote, Wow, is all I can say as well. Unquote. The tabletop RPG Star, War- Star Trek Adventures is continuing to expand with the science- Sciences Division supplement. The Alpha, Quadrant sup- the Alpha Quadrant source book and the new missions book, Strange New World. The Sciences Division supplement offers players details on the Sciences Division, including the Science and Medical Departments, Starfleet Exploratory Division, Starfleet Science, and Starfleet Medical. The book also contains information and advice on in, from and including the non the nigh omnipotent that's a hard word to say nigh omnipotent Q in Star Trek Adventures com- campaigns. The book also offers new options for science-based characters, science and medical equipment not previously covered by the game, and new rules for game masters for creating truly alien beings made of energy or different elements, as well as rules for diseases. The book also has non-player character statistics for significant scientist characters from Star Trek lore, including Carol Marcus, Noonien Singh, and Zephram Cochran. The supplement retails for $34.99 and is out now. The Elf Quadrant source book 
is the follow-up to the Beta Quadrant sourcebook and focuses on DS9, the Cardassians, Ferengi, and the Maquis. The book will be released in July. And the Strange New Worlds Compendium will contain 10 original missions ready to play. The book will feature new material from Christopher L. Bennett and jo Jason Bullman, and will be out in August. So let's talk merchandise. At Toy Fair this month, new products were announced. First off is a new licensee, Factory Entertainment. They showed off original series-styled vinyl figures called Revos, collectible metal, metal props, prop managers called Kuzos, and original series and next-gen plush toys called Pawsplay. Factory also announced that they will pro pro be producing Star Trek-themed desktop environments, bottle openers, and the Wine Stopper. These products are set to start hitting shelves in the summer. Mego has returned in 2018, and this year they showcased some new 12-inch Star Trek figures, including Kirk, Spock, a Gorn, and the, and the security guard. No specifics on when these will be out. And Quantum Mechanics showcased new badges from Star Trek Discovery, this time representing the badges from the Enterprise. They come in a full-sized version and a mini lapel pin, and will be priced at $19.95 for the set, and will be out this spring. They also have three new Discovery Mirror Universe pins, as seen on the show, with magnetic backers, and those will be priced at $14.95. Now, let's go to the Geek News. Now, by the way, have you been watching the Orville? These last three episodes of the season have been game changers. Anyway, you can now play with the Orville, as WizKids has announced that he has gotten a license to produce Heroclix figures. The first set will be released this fall and has a jumbo starter set featuring the main crew from the show. This is only the second TV license to join the Heroclix line, Star Trek being the first. I so want these. The classic Nickelodeon show, Are You Afraid of the Dark?, is set to be revived as a miniseries alongside a new film adaptation. The miniseries will feature new members of the Midnight Society gathering around the campfire to tell scary stories. Nickelodeon has not announced what, that the sh when the show will debut, but it'll probably be around the same time as the movie, which is set for release in October of this year. And uh, while we're on the subject of revivals, Neil Gaiman has teamed up with the Jim Henson Company and Fremantle Media for a new version of The Storyteller. The series from 1987 showcased retellings of legends and myths and featured John Hurt and later Michael Gambon as The Storyteller. Speaking the deadline, Mr. Gaiman said, quote, Part of what fascinates me about The Storyteller is the stuff that we don't know. Who was The Storyteller? Why was he telling these stories? Was he a goblin? What kind of creature? What I'd love to do is an inside story that's as long as the outside story. Unquote. Now, Neil is no slouch when it comes to f folklore and fairy tales, having written about folklore and mythology in The Sandman and American Gods, and having released North Mythology, a book retelling several classic North myth Norse myths in 2017. No distribution or release date has been announced. The Lost Boys series on the CW will have some fairly major differences from its source material. 
Well, that's to be expected, I guess. The latest one is very interesting. If you'll remember the movie, the Frog Brothers, played in the movie by Corey Feldman and Jamison Newlander, were the keepers of lore about vampires and the possibility of their existence in Santa Clara, California. Now, word has come down by the Witching Hour podcast that the Frog Brothers have been gender-swapped into the Frog Sisters. The duo will be named Cassie and Liza, but no other word on any other char- changes of characters has been has been forthcoming. Now, here are the concrete facts we do know. The Lost Boys reboot will be led by Grey's Anatomy writer Heather Mitchell. Here's a synopsis, quote, Welcome to sunny seaside Santa, Clara, Santa Carla, home to beautiful boardwalk, all the cotton candy you can eat, and the secret underworld of vampires. After the sudden death of their father, two brothers moved to Santa, Clara, Santa Carla with their mother, who hopes to start anew in the town where she grew up. But the brothers find themselves drawn deeper and deeper into the seductive world of Santa Carla's eternally beautiful and youthful undead. Unquote. No word on if the show will get to the production stage yet. While we're on the subject of the dead, we are said to be the bearers of bad news from the Hollywood Reporter that the George R. R. Martin-inspired series, Night Flares, will not be getting a renewal by sci-fi. The series, based on Martin's novella, said, quote, followed eight maverick scientists and a powerful telepath who embark on an expedition to the edge of the solar system aboard the Night Flare, a ship with a small, tight-knit crew and a reclusive captain in hopes of making contact with alien life. But when terrifying and violent events begin to take place, they start to question each other, and surviving the journey proves harder than anyone thought. Unquote. I'm sure Mr. Martin is crying into a large pile of money. He already has my and he already has and my sympathies to the crew and the fans. We also have word from the Hollywood reporter that Amazon will end the man in the high castle with season four. Production will wrap up next month, and the final season will premiere in the fall. An exclusive to Variety has revealed that a Gremlins animated series is in development for Warner Media's upcoming streaming service. The potential series is said to be a period piece that would follow Mr. Wing, the Chinese grandfather played in the movies by Kiei by Ki Luke as a young man as he goes on adventures with the friendly Mogwai Gizmo. The series will be produced by Warner Brothers Television and Amblin Television. Both Warner Brothers and Amblin produced the films on which the show was based. Uh, Za Chung has been attached to write and executive produce it. His credits include the TV shows Gotham and Once Upon a Time. And he is the co-founder and of the comic publisher TKO Studios. We also have some news about the Wheel of Time adaptation that Amazon Studios is producing. According to Deadline, Uda Brezowitz, who has worked on The Defenders, Jessica Jones, and the third season of Stranger Things, will direct the first two episodes of the show about a grand struggle between good and evil. Rafe Judkins will serve as showrunner and executive producer. No launch date has yet to be revealed. 
we uh, now talked to, about this a couple of episodes about award season. Well, the grand finale is here, the Razzies and the Oscars. First off, the 39th annual Golden Raspberry Awards, a.k.a. the Razzies, were held this past Saturday. These are awards showcasing the worst of Hollywood and this past this past year, as voted on by the Golden Raspberry Foundation. And the winners are Worst Picture, Holmes & Watson, Worst Director, Etten Cohen for Holmes & Watson, Donald Trump won Worst Actor for Death of a Nation and Fahrenheit 11.9, Melissa McCarthy won Worst Actress for The Happy Time Murders and Life of the Party, Worst Screenplay went to Fifty Shades Freed, and there were a few other awards, but I'll just link to those in the show notes. They really weren't too genre-oriented. And finally, the big one. The 91st Academy Awards were held on Sunday, and Black Panther did pretty well, picking up Oscars for production design and costume design, as well as original score. And the Oscar for Best Animated Picture went to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Plus, Stanley was honored in, in the In Memoriam's tribute. Now, again, there were a lot more awards, but uh, they weren't genre-oriented, so I kind of left them out. Uh, if you want to see, you know, see what these awards were, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Now, uh, our next story involves some classics. Mario and Zelda will have new games coming out this year, as Nintendo has announced a new game for each franchise. First up is Super Mario Maker 2, which will in, which will allow you to make your own Mario levels including new objects from Super Mario 3D World. Zelda will be getting an old favorite remade as the Game Boy classic The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is being brought to the Switch. Now, I loved this game when it first came out, and the animation for the update looks amazing. Very good. Tonight, we say goodbye to Morgan Woodward who passed away on February 23rd at the age of 93. Primarily known for his work in the Western genre, including Gunsmoke, Wagon Train, and The Life and Legend of Wyatt Earp, he also appeared in such shows as Bonanza, The Waltons, Dallas, and Hill Street Blues. So why am I talking about him today? Star Trek. Among Morgan's many credits are two guest appearances in the original Star Trek, In the first season, he played Dr. Simon Van Gelder in Dagger of the Mind and became the first recipient of the Vulcan Mind Meld. He returned in the second season episode, The Omega Glory, as the crazed Starfleet captain Ron Tracy. He also appeared in episodes of Logan's Run, the TV series, The Dukes of Hazzard, The A-Team, and The X-Files. Thomas Woodward, or Morgan Woodward, passed away at the age of 93 in Paso Robles, California. We also read word yesterday on the passing of TV's original Marilyn Munster, Beverly Owen. Beverly originated the character in the first 13 episodes. Beverly then left the role in 1964 to marry writer and producer John Stone. She was replaced by Pat Priest for the remainder of the show's two-season run. She passed away from ovarian cancer. She was 81 years old. Now, this brings us to uh, the end of our show. Uh, Be sure to check out 
uh, us on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom, also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, if you'd like to contribute some money, please visit mtpodcast.com to go to our Ko-fi and Patre- or Patreon, our coffee or Patreon as well. And be sure to visit multiversetonight.com and check out our affiliate marketplace links, the link to our T Public store, show notes, and much, much more. And uh, if you're a subscriber, be sure to share us with your friends and get them to subscribe. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe. You notice how I keep saying the word subscribe? I want you to subscribe. Leave us, and if you'd like to leave us with some feedback, please let us know how we're doing. Again, uh, all of our social media is there. You can also reach us at Multiverse Tonight at multiversetonight.com. Special thanks to Lobo Loco for our theme music. Thanks for watching Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two weeks. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half Big Genre Productions. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.